everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is The Lantern Cast. Episode 45. I'm back! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, my computer is healthy again. Things are reinstalled. It's it's going beautifully. That's that's quite a quite a good connection you have there. Not like a cell phone or anything. It, is my connection okay? I can't tell if you're joking. <laughs> yes, I'm actually not being sarcastic this time. Cool. Awesome. I can barely tell. Um, but yeah, I did listen to the last episode with you and the missus. Yes. Yeah. I honestly, my first reaction was I was surprised you guys went for like an hour. So I thought <laughs> I thought for sure like okay, this will be like 20 minutes or something cuz I didn't really think Lauren would be into it, but you know, you guys sounded like you had some fun. Oh yeah. She's really hurting her image as a psycho bitch though, but you know, other than that. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, she was really excited to do it actually. She came up with the idea of posting on the forum to get questions. So, like, once once she started seeing the questions, like, she really got into it. And now she's on the forum. That's so weird. That's like, yeah. it's, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great. I'm just surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now she just has to constantly keep checking the forum to see if anybody posted anything else about her. I think something must have gotten knocked loose when she got hit by that car. But all of a sudden, she's <laughs> all about this. Oh, well. So so we have some things to talk about in this episode. Yes. What are those things? What are those things? How could you like Jim Carrey's Riddler? That's one of those things, but right, we'll get we'll get to that eventually. Oh, <laughs> um, man. Oh, ne- yeah, now, now we have to talk about that at the end of the episode. Okay. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> We're going to look at Green Lantern Core number 44 and Blackest Night Wonder Woman number 3 of 3. But before we cover those, what do we have to do, Dan? We have a sponsor. We do have a sponsor. They're cool. <laughs> They're awesome. Aroba Silver. You can go to arobasilver.com. Uh, we've been talking about them for weeks now, arobasilver.com. They have all sorts of silver jewelry. Primarily, though, we love the Green Lantern rings that they have. They have a bunch of really nice licensed, DC-licensed Green Lantern rings made out of silver, a whole bunch of different designs. They have the Kyle design, the Hal Jordan design ring. They even have an Alan Scott ring. And something that they just unveiled recently, like within the past week or two, Oh, God, yes. Uh, You got the picture I I sent to you, right? Yes, I did. We were talking about, like a few weeks ago, their their newest ring at the time, which is, it's a silver ring, but the band was black. So, you know, you had, like, this this black-silver ring, and, like, the face of the ring was silver, although the image was in green, which is a fantastic-looking ring. Well, the guys over at Aroba Silver have decided to step it up a notch. They came out with a ring that is, like, it's so stunningly gorgeous. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, I must possess this ring. This ring is, it's it's got the black band again, but now the band, it's probably, it's like a little bit bulkier, but the, the head of the band, the front of the band, you know, where the actual insignia is, it kind of, like, is protruding 
like the plastic rings, you know, that, that whole design. And then on the head, the actual design of the ring, instead of it being silver, it's like, it's green, and then the image, which is embossed above it, is also green. The thing is so gorgeous. They have one. I'm looking at the site right now. It's the exact same design, but the uh, background behind the symbol is black. Oh, uh, yeah, they have that, too. They have, like, a few different variations. And this, I was so excited when I saw this because, like, you know, my big thing, I want comic accuracy in these rings. And this is this is a big step towards, like, the current Hal Jordan-style ring where it's, like, it's the, the circle sitting on top of the band. It's it just, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, the only way that this would look any more comic accurate is if the it was, like, green silver instead of black, right? Yeah. But it, I think if you do that, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't think it stays as long as it would if it, as, if it was black. Hmm. But, uh, but, man, like, if you've been checking out Aroba Silver and, you know, you checked it out, like, you know, a few weeks ago, go back, check this out. They have a whole new section for the black band Green Lantern Rings. Check it out. They're amazing. Arobasilver.com and use the promo code DSC10 and you save 10% on your order. So check it out. And just to throw it in, these particular rings we're talking about are $59.99 normal price, which, you know, 10% off will be a lower number. Or, <laughs> or you could try and get yourself a free one somehow. Somehow. Wait a second, I know somehow. You're a liar. <laughs> we have a contest going on, and it's being sponsored by Aroba Silver, where we will be giving away your choice of one green, li- well, any ring, your choice of one ring from Aroba Silver. Just pick out which ring you want, and all you have to do to win is send in a an entry make it a paragraph or so of a time where you displayed an emotion from the emotional spectrum or, you know, like you overcame an emotion or something along those lines, something that, you know, involves the the emotional spectrum emotions and make it a really good story. The best one that we pick is going to win their choice of a Roba Silver ring. Now, this is the last episode that's coming out before the deadline. The, now, originally the deadline was Valentine's Day, but then I had computer issues, so we've extended it to the end of this month, February 28th, at midnight. That's your cutoff, and the next episode that comes up after this will be announcing the winner. We may have to wait until the next episode, though. Oh, that's true, because depending on when we record. Yeah. Well, regardless, the winner will be announced on the forum first because just time management wise that's easier and then whatever episode we record next after making the decision that will have it in it it'll it'll probably be like two episodes from now then yep but the deadline stays the same and just to just to throw this also in there if you think that you don't have a story good enough to win then i I'm telling you, enter anyway. You should definitely, definitely enter anyway. 
even if you don't win, like later on, you're going to be kicking yourselves if you didn't enter. And that's all I'll say. I don't even know what that means. Uh, and yeah, you know, send your emails to lanterncast at gmail.com or our individual emails. Although if you do send us an entry to our individual accounts, send it to both of us. Cause we got a, we got one or two that only sent to Jim or only sent to me. So, you know, we both need to see them. <laughs> or you can call and leave a voicemail at 206-600-7357. And we are aware we've completely dropped the ball on leaving a voicemail message to greet you and tell you that, yeah, that's the LanternCast number. That is the number, and we're going to we'll, – we'll be getting to that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess the only thing else to add is that our webpage is LanternCast.com. There we have links to our Facebook page and our forums. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Yeah, that was a good episode. I like this. <laughs> oh, wait, we forgot to talk about anything. Well, you know, comics. Eh. <laughs> okay, let's do that now. Green Lantern Corps number 44. Yes, are you doing this one? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I'll do this one. All right. This issue opens up with Mogo... And Mogo has just approached Oa. Apparently, yes, there was a a call for all Corsmen to show up on Oa to report to, you know, quell the the riots of the Black Lanterns and everybody. And Mogo showed up as well. Now, they're all kind of wondering, what the heck is Mogo going to be able to do other than to start, you know, jamming itself into Oa and smashing everybody? Before they can keep on wondering about that, there's still Guy Gardner, who has his green ring and also a red ring. And as a Red Lantern, he's just kind of like flying around, smashing everything up, killing Black Lanterns left and right. As he's taking them out, the rest of the Black Lanterns are still trying to devour Will. And that means they're trying to attack and eat the central power battery. Now the... The Green Lanterns are, you know, trying to protect the battery. It's not really working. The la- the battery, the foundation is uh, completely compromised, and it starts falling over. Green Lanterns are not able to fix it. Kyle is trying to save Guy Gardner from his Red Ring, trying to figure out a way to get Guy past the Red Rage. It's not really working, and plus there's Black Lanterns everywhere. So that's when Mogo, he uh, unveils that he has this uh, this directive direct from the Guardians where he has to preserve Oa like by basically any means necessary. So he starts purging Oa, yeah, which means he starts like using, he, he uh, increases his gravitational pull like incredibly and starts sucking everybody to Mogo from Oa, including Black Lanterns and Green Lanterns alike. So, in this this fantastic, amazing one-page, you know, uh, splash page, we have, like, everybody getting, like, you know, sucked onto Mogo through space. <laughs> and when they finally get there, 
the Green Lanterns and their comrades, the, you know, Miri from the Star Sapphires and uh, Mo- Monk. Monk. Monk? Yeah. Shaloub. <laughs> from the Indigo Corps. They, they're saved, but meanwhile, all the Black Lanterns are, like, sucked into the ground of Mogo. <laughs> the purge of Oa is complete as all the Black Lanterns are being churned into Mogo, like, you know, pulled all the way down to Mogo's core, where they will burn for eternity. Now, all the Black Lanterns have been dealt with, and now they just have to figure out what they're going to do with Red Lantern Guy Gardner. <laughs> you know what I love? I love how, like, wacky and high concept an ending it is. It's like... Well, how are we going to get rid of all these Black Lanterns? Eh, Mogo's going to eat them. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think some people may have had issues with the way that Kyle Rayner was resurrected. But, like, as as, as far as how Mogo basically just, like, uses his gravity to, to suck everybody up, and dissolve the Black Lanterns that way. That, that's a really that's a really good way to deal with that. That I can't really see how you would have a problem with that. Well, I mean, some people might think like, like really, they couldn't escape grass. But I mean, I mean, it's 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 not just like like regular grass or anything. It's like it's an entire planet consciously trying to pull you into itself. So it's like it's not gonna be that simple. Yeah, no, it's it's Mogo, and, I mean, aside from his gravity, he, like, controls, like, the way the, the dirt moves. He controls every dirt particle. So it's almost like, I guess it, it's it's pretty close to, like, nanites dissolving the bodies, breaking them down. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I was really holding on to hope that we would finally see Mogo just blow the shit out of something. <laughs> but, but this, I'll take this. Because yeah. this is, this exercises a great deal of power on Mogo's part in a way that is more in keeping with the way Mogo operates. It, it was almost like a proactive, passive solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, this issue I, I really liked. I thought that we, we got a lot out of this issue. I love how Mogo's talking to everybody as they're getting pulled through space. He's like, yeah, you know, with all of you grouped together, you might want to, like, fight with your hands instead of your rings. You know, that that would be recommended. That, that, that was a little odd, the whole Mogo talking thing. Like, when, when you're reading this, like, what's the voice of Mogo in your head? I don't know. I don't really do that. I, I just picture, like, 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 this big booming, like, like voice of God, possibly, possibly Morgan Freeman. If they could get Morgan Freeman to voice Mogo in the movie, that would be sweet. <laughs> I had to purge Oa by any means necessary. I was God once. Now I am Mogo. Where are my penguins? Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> See, now I have another Green Lantern voice actor committed. I I will forever want to see Morgan Freeman as Mogo and Danny DeVito as Chip. See? (laughs) It's building. It's building. 
Oh, there was there was one point in this uh, in this issue where like this this is the the, the same page where Guy Gardner is going up against uh, you know Slugface that I can't remember for the last. Burin. Burin. Yes. Um, I know what you're gonna say, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at the bottom of the page, Kyle is going to save, you know, Guy Gardner. He's gonna try and save him. And Sodom Yat. No, not That's Sodom Yat. Vath. Vath. Yes. Vath. What? It's just Vath. He doesn't have a last name or first name. Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, Vath, Green Lantern Vath, grabs Kyle Rayner, and he's like, you know, you can't stop him. He's he's doing three times as much as any of us are able to do by ourselves. You have to just basically stand back and let him keep killing all these Black Lanterns. And and Kyle Rayner is like, no. We we can't do that. We don't know what the ring's doing to him. Yeah. <laughs> I like seriously like the 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 best prepared person here to fight these things off is Guy Gardner, and and Kyle wants to take the red ring off, you know, by any means necessary, and like if he takes that ring off, then there's a much higher likelihood that Guy Gardner is going to die. And become a Black Lantern and start fighting all of them again. Yeah, I think it has more to do with Kyle's guilt because he knows that the ring went on Guy because of what happened to Kyle. So he's like, he he just he just sees as I have to help my friend, I have to get this thing off of him. Whereas you know, don't listen to like the the seasoned military man that's talking to you in this <laughs> time of war or anything. Yeah, I mean, like, and I understand that aspect of it, but, like, realistically, like, in this, the moment where you really need him to be a Red Lantern, you know, just, you, you have to stand back and let him be. Although we do get that cool shot of Guy crushing Kyle's skull between a hammer and anvil. <laughs> that was awesome. That I loved. Um uh. The the part where Mogo is talking to Salak, mm-hmm. Mogo says that he has the primacy directive by order of the Guardians. That's his primacy directive. Yep. Is that a word? I don't know. I like. I could understand if it was the primary directive. That makes sense. But I don't really know about the primacy directive. Maybe it's an alien word. Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Maybe they meant primary. I don't know. And then just misspelled it three times. Yes. Maybe something's wrong with their spell check. No, it it apparently apparently does mean something. Primacy is the state or condition of being prime or first, as in time, place, rank, etc. So basically, it's like saying the prime directive, only using a different word. Could you imagine how different Star Trek would have been if this was their prime directive? <laughs> Our prime directive, wipe out all civilizations everywhere. Purge. Um, this is this is just like a weird little note, but 
what do you think of the idea of the central battery being like this like like technological thing with all these like tubes and hoses plugged into the base because i've <laughs> always i have always 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 thought of it as there's this big freaking statue of a battery that's the size of like 10 skyscrapers and it's got a big empty inside that's just filled with green light. They just keep it there. And like, so it's so, it's so odd to me to see it like hooked up to machinery and like it's pumping in willpower or pumping it out or whatever. It's, it's just weird to me. Um, well, I, I don't know. Like it could be that those, those pipes and everything are meant for other purposes. Like, anchoring it to the ground or something? <laughs> so this doesn't happen? <laughs> I mean, like, anchor, anchoring it to the ground, and maybe, like, you know, maybe the, the battery houses the controls for, I don't know, the the weather net, or, you know, I don't know like, like, weird and stupid stuff that they need to control the, the planet. Like, if there were traffic lights, then maybe the central power battery has the programming built into it, you know, and uses power from the battery to, you know, control all the traffic lights. That makes it sound like the township I live in has a better handle on how to manage their traffic than OA. I don't like that. Wait a second, wait a second. Like, think of it like this. You have Guy Gardner's bar on, on OA. Was it Warriors? Yes. Well, they need power to run that that whole restaurant kind of thing. So you have to wonder, okay, well, where does that come from? Well, they have a giant honking battery. That just seems so inefficient to me, though. So, I mean, do you really want to have one single solitary power source for 100% of the things on your planet? Well, I suppose when it's all the condensed willpower from the universe, that's probably all you need. Well, yeah, but you're also using it to power an entire army. Like, like, that's true. What if what if people leave their lights on or their fridges opened or something? Then, then all of a sudden, <laughs> like Sodom Yat doesn't have the power to get out of the sun. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, on the art end of this. Yeah. Now, there were one, two, three. There were four anchors and two colorists. Really? And yeah. And I did not notice any real change until the last page. So I'm calling that a win. <laughs> the last page? I mean, the last page of this issue blatantly looks different than the rest of the issue. But, like, that's the only part that stands out to me. Like, until I went back to, to check it out and saw there were all these creators on it, I thought it was, like, the same, like, one penciler, one inker, one color throughout the entire thing. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, the the art in this issue, I think, is like it's particularly well well done. Especially that that splash page where they're all getting sucked to Mogo. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like this, and this is something Gleason has been able to do really well, especially since since uh, Blackest Night started. There are there's one, two, there's three full page spreads. And two double page spreads, and not only do they all look great, they all work with the story. 
and they don't interrupt anything. Because, I mean, we've we've all read comics where it's going along, it's going along, and then they just kind of stick a two-page splash in there that it, it seems like it's wasting space or it's it's interrupting the flow or it's it's just in there to look cool and it really doesn't achieve anything. Like, there's so many in this issue, and they sh- they should be there. That's the best way I can say it. They should be there. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely, like, it's it's like the exclamation point on the story. You know, the the central power battery is, like, tipping over, and when it comes down and crashes, it's a two-page spread. You know, that that's something that you would need a two-page spread for. The central power battery just fell over. That should never happen, but at least we're getting a two-page spread out of it. And, like, even the, the first page of this issue... I never thought about how big Mogo is in relation to other planets, but yeah. Mogo's like like two three times the size of Oa. Yeah, and it, just just that shot of Mogo, like like Oa is the size of the symbol on Mo- the front of Mogo. Like it's, <laughs> it's just it gives such a great scale. Like if you look at that first page and then look at the shot of them all getting sucked off the planet, that gives you such like a good idea of how much distance they're actually covering. It's crazy. Yeah. Maybe he got closer. Oh, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I was saying, though, that that one page, that one splash page where they are getting sucked to Mogo, like, there's so many characters drawn in on here. And, like, a lot of them you actually can make out, like, you know, quite a bit of detail. This, this is something where I, I would say this is approaching the... The, the double page splash in Green Lantern 25. Which one? The one where the, they're showing, like, the Prophecy of Light. Oh, that one? Okay, yeah. 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 Like, I, I saw this, and I'm like, wow, this is like, it's like that. It's a different, you know, completely different story. You know, it's completely different tone, different characters and everything. But, like... You know, just like everything, you know, that that's in this one page is just, you know, I, I was impressed. I was very impressed by this one page. So I guess the big question is, do you think, do you think they're going to get the ring off of Guy's finger? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with no comment on that because I already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My books will, will arrive. I'm going to have a very good Friday next Friday. <laughs> It's like like Green Lantern, Green Lantern Core, Blackest Night. All this stuff is going to show up. It will be amazing. Flash Rebirth. <laughs> no, I don't know about that one. <laughs> so is that about it with Green Lantern Core 44? I think so. Looking forward to the next one. Hope it's as good as this one was. It's not. <laughs> Stop telling things about stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Blackest Night Wonder Woman number three. Yes. Of three. Mm-hmm. All right, so we start off. Diana is just kind of hovering there, just marveling at the beauty of the glow of the sapphire ring. When Carol shows up, and, you know, she brings her back to the battle in Coast City, where, you know, all the other, the other, um, uh, where are we calling, where are we calling them now? You like to call them the, uh, Light the uh, Light Brigade, DC wants to call them the New Guardians. 
I'm, I'm going to call them the Rainbow Raiders. Screw all of you. <laughs> so the Rainbow Raiders are fighting the Black Lanterns. And, you know, Carol and, and Diana jump in. They they know they can't kill them without Hal, so they're just trying to, like, like encase as many Black Lanterns and crystals as they can just to buy some time. Good old Maxwell Lord shows up. You know, he attacks Wonder Woman again, and she promptly destroys the hell out of him again, as she should. Red Lantern Mira is on scene, and she notices Diana and promptly picks up where their fight left off. Diana tries to get through to Mira. It's not working because she has a freaking red ring on. So she pulls this really interesting trick where she combines her violet ring, which can see into the hearts of others, and her magic lasso, which can compel the truth from others. And she snares Mira and charges up with a ring, and she sees... I guess the truth within Mira's heart, like deeper than, than either object by themselves can go. And I guess like they, they see the truth in each other's hearts. So, you know, Mira seeing Diana's, Diana seeing Mira's. And, you know, they're both just kind of like reeling from the experience. And it kind of, it kind of shocks Mira back to, to some degree of, of, uh, coherence where she can actually talk and, the two of them kind of reach an, uh, an understanding, and that's when the rest of the Rainbow Raiders show up to go kick some butt. Now, let's 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 jump right to the end here. Okay. I I have to, I am going to be completely honest in that I really didn't get what Diana saw in Mira's heart, and like after after like thinking about it for a day or I don't know how long I I started thinking like like was there a romance or something between Mira and Black Manta Aquaman's villain because like he's in a number of the shots here and there's her kissing somebody who I assumed was Aquaman but maybe it's not I don't know if Black Manta's blonde like what like what did you make of this this montage image um her heart isn't empty, Carol. It's worse than that. That, you know, that, that I think is, that's a clue. Oh yeah. And she says to him, like, he never knew. And then Mira replies, like, what could I tell him? After everything, what could I say? You know, another thing I was thinking in this image here, there's like a little, what looks like a little water bubble with a baby in it. Right. I thought, okay, is that her son? Then, but it looks like the kid is wearing like a baby version of her outfit. So is that supposed to be her as a baby? Like, is she related to Black Manta in some way, or, or does she have a baby with him? Because I'm thinking yeah. back to the to the last Green uh to Green Lantern fifty that page where where a Black Lantern Aquaman holds up their Black Lantern baby, and she just incinerates it, yelling, "I never wanted a son." I don't know if that's supposed to connect to this or. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know. It, it it is. It's very confusing, and I don't even know if we're supposed to know from this. Like this may be something that they're setting up for some sort of future thing. That's what I think too. Because I recall John saying it might even have been a Twitter post that I heard about on the forum that um, John's basically said Black Manta is going to be soon elevated 
to the uh, level of the likes of uh, like Black Adam and Sinestro. So he he has plans in store for these characters, right? And I don't know. I I, I was just surprised at how vague this the ending of this issue was. Like I kept expecting to turn the next page or read the next panel and they would say something that would at least in part spell it out. And I was trying to find parallels in what they saw in each other, but like there's not really there doesn't seem to be as enough there. Yeah. No. I think they're setting up like a a return to the the store the little plot line of uh, Bruce and Diana being romantically involved because we all, we know Bruce Wayne's coming back so. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this time they'll finally get together. Those crazy kids. Probably not. Yeah, with with the whole, you know, what did she see? You know, her heart is, it's worse than being empty. So, I mean, if your heart is worse than being empty, then, I mean, like, what is that? Is that a broken heart? Or what's worse than a, an empty or broken heart? Uh, well, didn't they say in here, uh, where was it? She hates herself. Like, I think, like, her... Oh, God, where is it? Yeah, she says, like, right after they break the connection that, you know, no wonder she hates herself. No wonder she burns with rage. So, like, I think the reason the Red Ring was able to latch on to Mera is because of her own intense self-hatred over whatever it is she did that Diana just learned that we can't really make out. Right. Did she, like... How did the baby die? I don't know. We don't even know how Aquaman died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe she did kill the baby. Maybe she did have a fling with Black Manta. Maybe it's Black Manta's baby. Possibly. Um, could it be that... I mean, did Aquaman... Aquaman and her were, were an item, right? Oh, yeah, king and queen. Like, maybe it was that she loved him and he never knew. Ah, that would be kind of weak. That would be kind of weak. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea. I have a feeling we're gonna find out soon, though. I hope so. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to why soon, but um. So I guess I guess overall, what did you think of this issue? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I think maybe the last issue, like number two, uh, probably had, I don't know, maybe a little little more to it. Maybe it was a little more interesting. But this was great. You know, it was great fight scenes. It was Wonder Woman, you know, doing, you know, cool and interesting things. Like, if Wonder Woman was like this on a regular basis, I would never miss Wonder Woman. Like, this is fantastic. Yeah, Greg Rucka needs to write it. I don't know if he ever has, but he needs to. Yeah, and Wonder Woman needs to be a star sapphire. Eh. I'm still not <laughs> sold on her costume, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I will say that, that this art, the art in this, this issue by Nicola Scott is so gorgeous. Like, the whole series has been absolutely gorgeous art. It's just stunningly gorgeous art. And as, as far as... I guess I want to say new because I don't actually know that I've seen his stuff in the past too much. But like, you know, he he's definitely somebody up and coming to watch. This was just gorgeous. And Ney Rafino, 
on colors. I, I mean, I think she is definitely my favorite colorist. Because there were a couple of times in here where it was just like, wow, that's really, really nice. I, the Case in point, the very first splash page, you know, two pages in. There, there were a couple of panels with uh, with Mera. There's, like, the, uh, the page where Wonder Woman is kind of, like, smashing down into the Black Lanterns that are, like, crowding Mera. Yeah, yeah. Like, right opposite that page, you have Mera, you know, like, crouching down. And Diana says, it's me, your friend. Like, the, the brilliancy of the red in that is just, like, like wow. It's like, I want an action figure of Mera, and I want it now. Yeah, I, like, you know, the, like the, the art and the whole thing is fantastic. But the one thing that I think is odd is the the costume modifications that, that Scott, you know, Nicholas Scott ended up making. Because... Like, once again, like, uh, one of the last pages, uh, I think the page right before that, you know, the Light Brigade comes in, you have a pretty good shot of Wonder Woman in her costume here, and right next to it you have that cover to Blackest Night number seven, and, like, you can, you can really see the differences. And now, while I love Nicholas Scott's art, the design that he ended up modifying the costume into is like way more seventies inspired as opposed to like the far more modern looking um Ivan Reyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean like the art is gorgeous, but you know, for for costume design choice, like I I'm I'm definitely gonna give that to Ivan Ivan Reyes. Ivan Reese. Mm. But yeah, I, that was that, that was the only little thing. Like through this, Wonder Woman definitely had a, a far more like '70s inspired look. I like how they took they took a few panels out to just address like, well, why the hell did the ring bring me out and nobody else? Yeah, just like just because everybody was wondering that, so they just took a second to acknowledge it. I, I liked how there's like that moment between her and and Carol. And, you know, where, you know, she's like, yeah, you have love for the entirety of creation. I've never encountered anything like it. And Wonder Woman shoots right back, yet you wear the same ring. You are a star sapphire. It's not the same. Now I see that. Your love is unrequited. So your, thing, your ring fills its place. You're a quick learner. It's evident. It's, it's, it's interesting that they they give that much insight to the Star Sapphire ring right here. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, I mean, there are two people who, you know, their thing is that they can see inside other people's hearts. Yeah. So it makes sense. They could look at each other and see too. Very true. I mean, they would probably be the most open to it. And like, that actually makes it more, uh, it, may, it makes more sense why Carol would choose the ring when you think about it that way. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and even though that whole scene with Mera, like, I may not understand completely, like, what it's supposed to mean, but even, like, not understanding completely, it does go a lot towards helping me see why she would wear a red ring, why a red ring would choose her above so many other people. I mean, ultimately, I'm a little disappointed that this wasn't, like, a crazy awesome one-shot like the last two issues, 
But at the same time, I feel like it tied everything else in the miniseries together yeah. really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I have to say this was this was hands down my favorite of all the Blackest Night spinoffs. Oh, it absolutely sucks that this is over now. Yeah. I wanted to read it. Like, when I opened up my DCBS box, this was the first thing I read. And, like, I wanted to read it just as much as I didn't want to want to read it because I knew there was no more after it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cover, the cover by Greg Horn is, is really just fantastic as well. So, yeah, there it is. If you have it, if you didn't get it, go out and get it. Pay cover price, pay slightly above cover price, pay a quarter, whatever. Just get these three issues. Yes, this was... This was definitely, like, the best mini-series that I've read in, like, a, I don't know, a really long time. This is the best Blackest Night thing that isn't the Blackest Night miniseries or a Green Lantern book. <laughs> I don't know. It might even be a little bit better than those. Ooh. I don't know. When all said and done, we'll have to rank them. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see about that. I'm going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be making piles. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so let's take a break, and we'll come back with news and stuff. Okay. Oh my god, okay. I'm gonna start with this, because I think it's, like, it's the exciting part. Alright, so, they're expanding the Green Lantern line after Blackest Night. And, like, this is um, this is something we've been speculating about for a while, like, like there's no way they're not gonna have another Green Lantern ongoing after this. We just didn't know what the hell it would be about. Well, presumably Green Lantern, but, you know. <laughs> so, Here's, here's what's happening. All right. As far as we know, the regular Green Lantern book is going to be left alone. It's going to be Jeff Johns and, uh, what's his name? Dude that draws. Doug Monkey. Doug Monkey. That's him. As far as we know, they're staying put. It's going to be Hal Jordan. It's all good. Green Lantern core. All right. The new writer is going to be Tony Bedard, who, you know, you'd know from writing Rebels. The... New artist is going to be Arden Sif, Syaf, S-Y-A-F, I don't know how to say it, but he drew Blackest Night Batman, and the the new cast that's going to focus on are Jon Stewart, Kyle Rayner, and Green Lantern Ganthet. <laughs> okay, so Arden Syaf, the artist on the Blackest Night Batman? I think that should work out. I, I think the art was pretty good on Batman. Yeah, I still remember that one page where they entered that armory and Robin is just smiling and looking at everything. So 
I, I'm interested to see what he does with outer space, because I think it could be cool. It, it'll be a different beast than Blackest Night Batman was. And uh, was it Tony Bedard? Yep. Yeah, uh, the the Blackest Night Rebels. That was, I, I'd say that was well written. The only thing that I didn't really, you know, dig too much about it was the whole, you know, fact that I wasn't that into the characters. But, you know, the, the writing was good. So I, I don't I don't really have a problem with that. The the character choice though, that's a little odd because it's gonna be Kyle Rayner, okay, good. John Stewart, okay, that's that's good too. Gambet, that's that's great. What about everybody else? Well, I think it'll be kind of like the fact the way that you know right now or up to now, Green Lantern Corps has basically been focusing on Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner. Everyone else is still there. It's not like it's not like it's going to be the the Kyle, John, and Ganthet show, and they're going to be only Green Lanterns <laughs> in the book. <laughs> that yeah, that that's my that's my only fear. But aside from that, yeah, I, it should be fine. And I got like I got another wish come true because after the abysmal abortion that was Green Lantern forty nine, I was I was hoping that that uh. John Stewart would go somewhere else where another writer could have him, yeah. and and apparently Saint Walker heard my prayers because now he's going to be under Tony Bedard's pen. Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting to actually read about John Stewart again. And all right, let's. Uh, and honestly, this all looks good. It all sounds good. There's an awesome cover image online for this, but part of me is just so torn about it because I don't want to see Tomasi and Gleason leave this book. <laughs> but aren't they going to be on Brightest Day? Um, well, Gleason is. Tomasi is going somewhere else. Yeah, Tomasi is going to be the writer of the brand new ongoing Green Lantern series, Green Lantern Emerald Warriors, starring Guy Gardner and Kilowog. It's going to be written by Tomasi. It's going to be drawn by uh, another new guy, Fernando Passarin. He he's drawn oh. JSA. He's drawn Outsiders. Yeah, he was uh, from the Blackest Night uh, Outsiders tie-in. He was the one that drew the really good pages in the Outsiders. Oh, I was afraid. I was afraid you were going to say the other one. No, no, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. He, I, I I checked that out as soon as I heard that, and yeah, he he did the really nice artwork. So I I have I have no worries about that. That that that's gonna be great. Because I'm thinking now I can, I'm still picturing like the stuff he did with Halo and like that that's a good gauge of what he can do with Green Lanterns. I'm happy with that. Yeah, definitely. And well, first of all, all right, let's talk about Guy Gardner getting basically a solo book again. What do you think of that? Are you, I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. That's the thing, though. Like, not having Guy and Kyle together, like that's gonna suck. Like that, that's that's what I'm gonna be disappointed about. I think. I don't know. I'll be honest. The Guy Kyle like relationship never really clicked for me as well as it did for a lot of people. Like there would be there would be moments and panels littered throughout where I would just see it. And I would be, I'd be totally sold on it. And then other times, where it would just seem, I don't know, like like they were just hanging out, like as if 
like you could almost put any other Green Lantern in their place, except they knew each other a little better. <laughs> like like the like the whole like you've been like a brother to me thing when Kyle died and whatever. Like like that seemed like a, a little little like going a little far because I'm like, oh really? Like a brother? Oh all right. Um, like that seemed like the the kind of relationship guy should have had with John Stewart, not Kyle. You know? Oh no, I don't think so at all. I definitely disagree with that. They bonded the most. They're both on Elwa. They're both on our guard. You know, they they have, like, experiences together that, that bond them closer than would any other Green Lantern, you know, have experienced. But, I mean, even before that, you had, you know, back when, you know, Kyle was Green Lantern and... You know, you had, uh, you know, he, he was, like, looking for guidance. And, you know, he would hang out at guys and stuff like that. And they they did have, like, a friendship then. So, you know, it's, it, like, it was a friendship for, for a while. You know, it, it's almost like, like roommates that, you know, have hung out for so long that now they're, they're like, brothers kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just needed to see them hang out more casually. Because, like, I don't know, it, it seems like they don't have enough history together as friends to really sell their relationship. I don't, I don't know. I'm probably in the minority. Definitely, if you're on the forum, comment on this part. I know we have a few people that comment on everything. Comment on this part specifically and everything else, too. We love that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm really curious to see what people's take on this is. But, but yeah, but getting back to... The, the main issue, it's going to be Kilowog and Guy Gardner. And that's that's an odd focus, I think. Uh, I You know what I see this as? I see this book as being more what Green Lantern Corps was when it first started up of this run. Where, you know, originally up until the Sinestro Corps War, it was basically a Guy Gardner solo series. And you would you would see stuff with you know, if he was on Oa, whatever lanterns were around him at the time, or if he went on a mission, he would be interacting with that sector's Green Lantern and so on. And Kilowog popped up a lot in there. So, and I I think it, until we learn more about it, I'm expecting Green Lantern Emerald Warriors to be basically what Green Lantern Corps was before the Sinestro War. I'd be up for that. Yeah. Guy is such a great... And it's and it's still being written by Tomasi. Like, if this was some new writer, I might think, oh, this book might not have that much of a chance because it's starting out new and whatever. But it's got the guy... No, no pun intended. But it's got the guy who has been... One half of the team has been making Green Lantern Core a must-read for God knows how long now. So... <laughs> This has as good a chance of succeeding as the new direction of Green Lantern Court does. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And unfortunately, it did not have a date for starting listed, so we can't promise that. But you know, lo- watch out for the. the we, we we you know we might even talk about this book. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and the other thing, we'll update on brightest day. Uh, we have some creators now, some artists specifically, because we know it's going to be written by Jeff Johns and Peter J. Tomasi. 
Oh, yeah, he is doing that. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> the the artists for the first two issues they were they're specific about that are going to be Evan Hayes who you may have heard of Patrick Gleason um again Ardian Siaf is that how we said it Ardian Siaf yes and Scott Clark who drew, he did the art on Cry for Justice. And that's gonna be the first two issues. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be like issue one would be like Evan Hayes and one of the new guys, and the other one would be Patrick Leeson, the other of the new guys, or I don't know how they're gonna break it up. But but you got some good visuals coming from it's, it's so far the Brands Day creative team, at least for those first two weeks, sounds like it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God only knows what it's gonna be about, but <laughs> Yeah. Well, we know Aquaman's going to be there. <laughs> we know he's going to be on the cover. Yeah. And this is, you know, before when I said, you know, we're probably going to find out the whole Mira thing soon. I think we're going to see a lot of that play out in Brightest Day. Ah, uh, yes. It just seems like, like, little bits are popping up here and there as we're getting closer to this weekly project that Jeff Johns is doing. So... Yeah. Between that and the cover for number two and the setup in Wonder Woman three, I think I think Brightest Day is gonna have a lot of uh Aquaman, Mira, Black Manta stuff. Which I'm looking forward to. Very cool. And another thing coming up is the Legion of Superheroes number one. Yes. <laughs> you can order that in um in March and it comes out in May. But but why do we care about that, Jim? We care about that because right on the cover of issue number one, all you see is a fist with a legion ring, a legion flight ring, and right next to it, a Green Lantern ring. On the same hand. Yes, on the same hand. Yeah, this is this is an awesome plot thread that's being picked up from Legion of Three Worlds, and it's... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this will definitely get me to read Legion. For more than one issue? <laughs> Most likely for several issues. Oh my god, I just realized how many more comics I'm going to be buying each month once this poll starts up. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to figure out what I'm adding and subtracting. I thought I had a good handle on it. Then they announced like another Green Lantern book, and now I have to reevaluate things. Oh boy. What's funny is, if... They kept delaying Flash. That would actually help me, because then I wouldn't have to take anything else off. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Who's going to be on Flash once once that uh, becomes a monthly? Uh, Jeff Johns is writing it. Right. And Francis Manipal, the guy who was doing uh, the first, first uh, arc of Adventure Comics, he's going to be the artist. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a uh, seller for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that has, like, the painted style, you know, the really, like, warm kind of, yeah. Almost like watercolors. Looks... Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, okay, so are there any other comics coming out that you wanted to mention? Uh, well, Tiny Titans. Okay. 
Is that out yet? I don't remember. Yes, came out this week. I won't know until Friday. <laughs> but yeah, Tiny Titans 25, I think John's wrote it, and it's got Superboy in it and other stuff. Is it, is it like a, they're like little playful Blackest Night tie-in? Uh, I don't know if it's actually tied into Blackest Night, but it's, it's definitely tied into, uh, to Green Lantern. Nice. And you know, regardless, Tiny Titans is an awesome read. You should just get in and just have fun. Yeah. I will. Check out number 25. I mean, you know, even if you don't want to pick up the series regularly, check out number 25 anyway. Should be a good one. So, in addition to comic books coming out, we have all sorts of products, action figures and whatnot, coming out as well. So, just recently solicited, I guess this is going to be the previews coming out in a week or so? I don't get previews. Oh, well. Sure. I don't (laughs) get previews. (laughs) Yeah. By the time they listen to this, it'll probably be coming out within a week or so. And what we have is um, Advanced Solicited JLA Classified Series 3. And in this series, they have finally made a Hal Jordan. These figures are all based on the artwork of Ed McGuinness. Something you'd be interested there, Dan? Oh, yes. I am slowly compile, compiling a collection of figures based on McGuinness's artwork, which... Because, I mean, honestly, it's great that DC Direct does figures based on specific artist styles, but it's always like 50-50 over whether or not those styles will translate well into figure form. And to me, McGinnis has such the perfect style for making that jump because it's all bulky and it's cartoony, it's over-exaggerated, it's ridiculous. It's just, it just makes for such a good toy design, you know? Like, I'll get figures, like, like, I've never wanted... I've never cared about Captain Adam in my life, but there's a an Ebigenis figure of him, and I think it looks cool, so I'm looking for it. <laughs> you know? Uh, his, I know, I know you agree with me on like his Lex Luthor in the green armor suit. Oh yeah, it's freaking unbelievable. One of the best figures ever made. And it has like an interchangeable head, so you can have like like mean Lex Luthor and crazy Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. I bought it twice. <laughs> yeah. I actually, you know, uh, last week, remember, like, a year ago or something, I was asked, I was talking about pre-ordering the Kyle Rayner figure from the series. Yes. It showed up last week. It yeah. looks great. I saw that in the store. It, it does look really cool. I was surprised it didn't have, well, I don't think John did either, but I'm surprised, because I'm used to DZ Direct figures of uh, Green Lanterns having, like, little battery props with them. I'm surprised these didn't have those. Oh. Yeah, they don't. They don't really do too much on accessories for the uh, McGinnis-style stuff. That's all right, though. One less thing to lose. (laughs) It'd be interesting if they come out with an Alan Scott. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, you know what? Yes. I think it was Earth G. Billy. He linked to um, his his friend or something that makes custom McGinnis figures. Yeah, I saw that. That, that, That Alan Scott was amazing. I'm tempted to, like, like I don't know how much he, this guy charges, but it would <laughs> possibly be worth it. It's it's really good. We'll, we'll link to it. Um, what do you think of the Hal Jordan figure? Oh, I don't, I don't like it that much, actually. Sorry to say. Yeah, it's, mi- it's very middle. Yeah. I guess maybe if I saw it, 
I might like it better than than the picture that they're showing. But really, like the picture that they're showing, like his face is just way too, I guess, wide and muscular. It just it's just kind of weird looking for Hal Jordan. It worked pretty well with Kyle Rayner. That one I saw, I I did like that one, and it worked great with John Stewart. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling it for this one. I'm so torn because I mean. All right, the, the downfall of McGinnis' style is that not every character is going to work in it, and it looks like Hal Jordan is one of those. But at the same time, when are they going to make another in McGinnis' style? Because that's the only line of figures I'm really interested in. <laughs> so it's like it's like kind of like now or never if I want to get a Hal Jordan out of it. Yeah, pretty much. Unless, unless you buy it and maybe get in contact with a customizer who can make it look a little better in the, the facial area, maybe tone down the neck a bit. Yeah. You know, I saw online somebody, it might even be the same guy, I don't remember, but somebody made, like, a custom McGinnis Blue Lantern Hal Jordan. Really? That might be cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll, I'll look for the picture. I don't know where it is. Oh, that would be awesome. Or even if you if you bought this Green Lantern and then painted, like, half of it, as a blue lantern, so that way you had that transition green blue. Nice. That would be sick. Could recreate that cover that should be painted on the side of a van. Yes. Oh man, <laughs> love that cover. Um. Okay, so other things that are being solicited in that same previews, we have from the Ame Kami Heroine series of like I guess Japanese style figurine things. They have a Jade and they have a Star Sapphire coming out now. These are both going to be $60. They're 9.75 inches high. They take the the different characters, the different female characters from DC, and they kind of reimagine them with new costumes and things like that. Yeah, like what if they were anime characters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The jade, I'm not really feeling. I don't, I don't love that one at all. The costume is decent, but the face and her Green Lantern earbuds just kind of not, not doing it for me. The Star Sapphire though is is adorable. It's very cute. Definitely worth at least looking at if you could find it online. You don't like that the headphones actually are like Green Lantern bookends? <laughs> yeah, no, I it just I don't like that for some reason. Now, I typically hate these, like, whenever they come out with, like, oh, now here's Power Girl or Catwoman or Poison Ivy or whoever else. They always look so just over-designed, over-complex. They, they just end up looking ugly. It's just, it's like, why did you even bother basing it off of a DC character to begin with? <laughs> it's gonna look so... But these work, I mean... I, I don't know, like, it's it's just, it seems like it worked this time. Like, like the Star Sapphire costume looks like it's a, a marriage between Star Sapphire and Witchblade. And it doesn't look awkward at all. Well, it looks awkward, but, you know. It, it just looks like it's kind of right, you know? The style works for it. <laughs> yeah. I like the little touch, like she's standing on a crystal. Yeah. She's blowing another heart crystal at you. Yeah, that one that one's well done. There's there's one other thing 
Green Lantern related that is uh, solicited. And that would be the Sinestro Corps power battery prop replica. Yes. Set to go on sale October 27th, 2010. This replica is worth, it's going for $350. It doesn't make a note of it, but I would be willing to bet that it does light up when you bring the ring to the, you know, when you go to charge up the ring, activates a magnetic switch, lights it up. This thing is so cool looking. Oh my god, it's so cool looking. And it's made of, what's it made of here? Resin. Resin. Is that, like, good? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's it's what all the prop replicas are made out of. It's what the last lantern battery was made out of, too. And Didn't they make a green one out of metal or something? I wonder. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what mine's made out of. I have the first one, then they made another one after that. I don't know what they're actually made out of. I'm pretty sure mine's made out of resin, though. The, the one thing that I was kind of, I guess, wary of is that the, you know, I wanted to make sure that, one, the handle was going to be, you know, accurate, and also, two, the symbol on the top. Because for the Green Lantern uh, power battery, they have the Green Lantern symbol on top. So I was, you know, I was afraid that they were going to take the easy way out and just recast the same exact thing in yellow. But uh, sure enough, like, the handle is definitely, you know, Sinestro Core accurate. And it's the Sinestro Core symbol right on top, too, so. Well, I think the the handle, Sinestro's handle is supposed to be, like, longer, I think. Like, I forget how it goes. I'll look for a picture, but at least when Van Skyver draws it, it's it's different than that. But that's, that's whatever. I can live with that. Um... But yeah, this is... I mean, I still want a, uh, a green one more, but I want this too. <gasps> and speaking of want, I'm a little surprised that they went with yellow for their first uh, alternate color. Because, I mean, fans are crazy about blue lanterns, and they've they've embraced the orange lantern like nobody's business. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't go with a blue one or an orange one before yellow. Um, I could see them doing blue. Because the fan interest in blue is, like, crazy. I totally understand why they went with yellow, because it's, you know, it's been around for ages. But, oh, yeah. like, the, the, the one that I'm surprised, I'm surprised they didn't go with red first. Because red is, like, it's a different design. It's it's really, it's it's stunning visually. And a lot of people would, like, just, like, they'd be killing people for it, basically. They're totally going to beat you to making a Red Lantern. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, um. And, you know, there's going to be people who are saying, like, well, they're charging you, like, 300 bucks when all they did was paint the green one yellow. And, yeah, you know, to, to a certain extent, I can understand that complaint, but, you know, it still <laughs> looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I think that's actually why they ended up doing yellow so that they didn't have to do too much tooling to make a completely different-looking battery. Would it work for orange? <laughs> or yellow or blue. And what about indigo? Will they just, like, will they make you a cane? Will they just <laughs> mail, you, you like, screw it together? <laughs> Probably. If they're going to make all of them, then they'll definitely make the indigo battery, too. 
Yeah. Oh my god, this is gonna be like the most expensive collection comic hobby ever. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's it's four hundred bucks a pop. <laughs> There's like eight of them so far. <laughs> um, a couple other things. Toy Fair uh, was this past week, as you're listening to this now. So they unveiled some some different toys at Toy Fair. Among them, they were showing the Blackest Night figures, and they showed some of the figures that are going to be coming down the line. They showed off a Star Sapphire Wonder Woman, a Blue Lantern Flash, and a brand new Hal Jordan based on Ivan Reese's artwork. Not Evan Hayes's? You know, same person. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh my god, like, the Wonder Woman figure is gorgeous, the Flash figure is awesome, and the Hal Jordan figure is very, very cool. That Flash is going to sell so fast. Well, that, no, I wasn't trying to make a pun. But <laughs> people, lot, lots of people will want it. That's what I want to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, another bunch of announcements that we have to make quickly. There is going to be a like a small-type comic show going on in New York City. If you remember the Big Apple Comic Con, it's in the same location, Penn Plaza Pavilion. But this is the New York Comic Book Marketplace show instead. You can check it out at nycbm.com. There's going to be a bunch of guests, including Matthew Clark, the artist on Doom Patrol, Herb Trimpey. They're going to have Bob Wyasek, who is actually the anchor on Green Lantern, the third series, some of the issues right around uh, 100 with uh, Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner. Rodney Ramos is going to be there. He was an anchor on Green Lantern for a while. Um, Gene Colan will be there. Larry Hama, Sean Chen, Danny Fingeroth, and Mark Texera, Erwin Hassan, who actually drew the original Green Lantern way back in the day when he was on the, wow. uh, the team, the All-Stars. I think it was um, All Star Squadron. Yes, that's it. And oh, Dan Slott's going to be there too. Oh, cool. So She-Hulk. Yeah. So uh, if you're going to be in New York City on February 27th, it's Saturday the 27th of February. Admission is only ten bucks. It's right across the street from Penn Station, and definitely worth checking out. In addition to that, oh, it was announced for the movie that Tim Robbins is going to have a role. He's going to play Hector Hammond's father, a senator. Who's Tim Robbins? Do I know him? Shawshank Redemption. Didn't see it. Really? You didn't see the Shawshank Redemption? I hear good things. Oh. Um, usually that's all you have to say and people know who Tim Robbins is. Yeah, no. <laughs> well... Uh, you can look it up later. Oh, he was in IQ with Meg Ryan. IQ. Yeah, no. I don't think I saw that. No. <laughs> yeah. You can IMDB it later. I don't like that website. There was a major announcement online today as we record this. Jeff Johns just got a promotion, and he is now the chief creative officer in charge of DC Comics. What? You didn't hear about this? What the hell? No, I've been oh, yeah. talking to you all day. Yeah, apparently uh, they just they made a whole bunch of promotions. 
Dan DiDio and Jim Lee will be co-publishers of DC Comics, so they both got promotions. Jeff Johns will be the creative, the chief creative officer, and John Rood and Patrick Calden will be executive partners. So wait, wait, does does that mean? All right, let 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 me see if I understand this. So Dan DiDio and Jim Lee together are what Paul Levitz was. Right. And Jeff Johns is kind of what Dan DiDio was? Is that what that means? I think he's taking on the creative aspects of what Dan DiDio once did. So basically, from what I gather, Jeff Johns is going to be steering the creative ship as far as DC goes. Nice. So, congrats. I mean, he practically was already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now it's official. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing it all along. They're finally going to pay him in a way that reflects it. <laughs> yes. Wow. That, wow. Yeah. Can wait yeah, till for... now to tell me this? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about it more when we know more details about it, but that was, uh, it just came down the pike, and just wanted to make a quick announcement about it. Um... I believe there's some sort of TV enterprise coming along that you might want to tell people about. I I know basically one sentence, and there is... Uh, this is why I should never lose the internet ever, ever, because all of the insane things happen. There is a Green Lantern cartoon series coming, and... It's going to be CGI, which I know is a big red flag to a lot of people, myself included. But, but, and this is the big but for me, is being driven by Bruce Tim, who, if you're not familiar, Bruce Tim was a producer on Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond the Animated Series, Justice League slash Justice League Unlimited. And I don't know if he did Static Hawk and all that, too, but wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> like, like this, this guy, basically for, like, half my life, this guy has proven over and over and over and over and over again that not only does he get these characters, but he respects the source material. And, like, I've, over the month where I didn't have a computer, I was, I've been working my way through Justice League and JLU. And I've been watching commentaries and stuff. And to hear him talk about it, it's like listening to a commentary of a Justice League episode is like listening to a comic podcast. This this guy and the people he surrounds himself with and his staff are so well-versed in the DC universe, they understand all of this stuff. It's like these, And that plus their body of work, you want a Green Lantern cartoon to come from Bruce Timm. So, <laughs> you know, I like, I'm still... A little wary of what it's going to look like just because CGI is involved in that. Like, like, like computer animated is in there. So, but you know what? I have faith. I, this is going to be good. The only thing that I would like to see is that if they include Jon Stewart, I would like it to be voiced by Phil Lamar. Yes. God, yes. It doesn't have to be the same version of Jon Stewart from the Justice League cartoon or whatever. Just, just bring him back. And we <laughs> should, 
start some sort of internet movement to get this to happen. I think I think we should. Let's do it. Well, we'll we'll start it up next week, but. All right. We'll we'll, we'll just, start the revolution next week. <laughs> the revolution starts next week. But just just keep in <laughs> mind that the revolution is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Was there anything else? Um. I don't know. You didn't watch Smallville, so we can't talk about that. <laughs> no, we'll wait till next week for that. All right. <laughs> so I guess the only the only thing left is uh, Batman Forever was awesome. You son of a bitch! <laughs> How could you like Jim Carrey's Riddler? How? What was good about it? Tell me what 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 was good about it? That movie what was, was good about it? it. Was so entertaining and fun. It's like what was good about. It? Here's what I liked about that movie. All, all the Batman movies, they have their, their own place in in cinematic history. Like, you have the first one, it was all grim and gritty. And, you know, that was, you know, ideal for the times as far as Batman goes. And then you had the second one, the Batman Returns, which was still grim and gritty, but was a little bit lighter. Then you had How was the that lighter? One. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. I remember being, like, a kid in that movie theater and being freaked the hell out when the penguin bit somebody's nose off. Like, what the... That was so much, like, that was darker than the first movie. What about when he was eating the raw fish? That didn't gross you out? That, too, Lauren. But still, like, like I can deal with, okay, fish, there's a weak, there's a correlation between that and food, all right, whatever... Penguin walked up to somebody and bit their face off. That's that's a different thing altogether. I'll allow it. <laughs> that's what penguins do in the wild. They just walk up to random creatures and bite their faces off. Don't you know this? If that was true, March of the Penguins would have made so much more money. <laughs> Watch Happy Feet. Wait till after the credits. You'll see. Robin Williams' penguin goes around biting people like Mike Tyson. Uh, that deleted massacre scene that's on the DVD, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but... But, you know what, you know what? Not, not even talking about the movie speci- in general, just just the Riddler. Just just Jim Carrey's Riddler. What was good about the Riddler? It, it was entertaining. It was fun. It was funny. He was so insane, like, he was just, he was that, like, crazy, he's like my, my mailman at work, there's something oh my God. wrong with my mailman at work, he tries to be so, like, weird and funny, and it's just, like, he comes out so creepers, but we just feel bad for him, so we don't lock the door when we see the mail truck coming in front of the building, we still allow him to come in, because we feel sorry for him. But we still laugh after he leaves. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, oh, my boy. God. Oh, boy. Wow. You know what's funny? We found out he actually used to work for our company in one of our stores. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to work for your store in Lake Ronkongoma. I know all these people. He's naming all these people. We're like, uh, maybe we should do a background check on him, see why oh, he God. left the company. <laughs> We fear for our lives. Uh, it's really not that funny. Seriously, man. Nah, he looks like he'd be sticking anthrax in, like, the letters and stuff. 
But what you call it, the thing that I do like about Jim Carrey's Riddler is that he he's like he plays it as so much fun and he goes into Two Face's lair and like here you have Two Face who's basically like, you know, he'll kill people left and right and he just goes right up to him and, you know, says his you know, says his piece. Don't get me started. No. Two I can't decide if Two Face was worse in that movie than Jim Carrey's Riddler. <laughs> It was I don't know, so. I kind of didn't like Two Face either. It was so uh, god awful. But Riddler was fucking awesome, all right? Don't judge no. my Jim Carrey. I love me Jims. No. I love me some Jimmies. <laughs> yeah, and look where it's got. Yeah, look where it's got. <laughs> I didn't see you uh, turning maybe... down free wedding cake, all right? Who are you fooling? Hey, you know what? Cake changes everything. Exactly. Huh. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Oh God, I just hate Jim Carrey's Riddler so much. <laughs> oh my God, it's just so. It's oh no, it's this is gonna come back. This is gonna come back. Some somewhere along the way, something's gonna remind us of it, and it's gonna come back. Uh, Everyone yeah, on the yeah. forum, comment on Jim Carrey's Riddler. Do it now. This is the other thing I said before. <laughs> Guys, something I don't remember. Oh boy. Okay, so. Oh, and uh, we'll be at the CGS Super Show March 26th, or what is it? 26th is the Friday. March 27th, March 28th, we'll have a table there. We'll be having shirts and giveaways and all sorts of stuff. So go to, what's the website? CGSSuperShow.com, ComicGeekSpeak.com. Yeah, so go to ComicGeekSpeak.com. Click on the Super Show link and check it out. We'll be there. Don't forget our contests. Details are at the beginning of the episode. Uh, as we already said in the beginning of the episode, we have a website, lanterncast.com. There you have links to our Facebook page. We have links to our forum. Check them both out. Join up. Take part in the awesome conversations that we have. We all have email addresses. I'm Jim at LanternCast.com, Dan, Jason, Dan at LanternCast.com, Jason at LanternCast.com, or email all of us at once at LanternCast at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, and we have a voicemail number, which can be reached at 206-600-7357. We never recorded a message, so don't dial wrong. <laughs> we should we should get Lauren to do it. Oh, we should Lauren totally get me to do it. Everybody who's <laughs> all in favor of me recording the message on the You'll voicemail. You'll scare them off. You'll scare them off. They won't want to leave messages. Post something on the forum. I'll be looking for it now that I'm there. The message will just be like the message will just be like, hey, leave your comments. <laughs> Never say again Why'd you ever have to Read between the lines Creating stories That should have been all left behind Why'd you ever have to Hear my voice